Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti and I'm joined as always by my brothers Craig. Hey guys, how's it going? And Adam. Hey, what's going on guys? So we're about two months into doing this podcast and we'd like to thank everybody who has subscribed and reviewed our podcast. Yeah. Actually, Adam, I think you wanted to talk about one of those reviews. Yeah, so we got a new review on our Apple podcast. It is from Square Bracket, Squiggly Bracket, period. So that's quite the name. But Wow. I've, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It's titled Good Golf Podcast, which I think just really nails. It really captures what we're trying to do here. <laughs> exactly. So they start off by saying, just started getting interested in the world of golf. I'm like, that's amazing. They're just getting interested. I think golf is on the rise in popularity, so I really like that. And they said the world of golf, you know. I think we try to offer a global perspective, not just the PGA. So really good start there. Mm -hmm. And then they said, comma, great way to learn what's going on. I mean, yeah, well, and I think the other thing about that is that we're not just, I mean, at least what we're trying to do is talk a little bit beyond just who won the tournament and talk a bit about the guys who are struggling to make cuts and struggling to it's about the stories it's It's always about the stories and it's about our banter so we appreciate the review uh yeah as kevin said please subscribe please rate please review and uh, we might feature it on our future podcasts so kevin thanks uh, again square bracket squiggly bracket period (laughs) biggest fan number one fan (laughs) <laughs> all right so we have the all sanderson right, farms kev what do you uh yeah so we just finished watching the sanderson's farms championship where sergio garcia birdied the 72nd hole to win by one over peter malnati it is sergio's first pga tour win since the 2017 masters so craig i saw he was one of your picks this week in your dfs were you using the same strategy as sergio and picking with your eyes closed or how did that work <laughs> oh. out well, um, no, he was, uh, you know, we do a DFS show and he was one of my picks. Uh, unfortunately, my the rest of my picks were not as good <laughs> as Sergio. So um, it was not a, a great week. I had heavy, heavy exposure to my boy, Will Zalatoris, who ended up missing the cut. Ouch. And, uh, no, but love, love to see Sergio uh, win. A uh, little bit of, a, I mean, he has had more success recently on the Euro Tour, but for at least on the PGA side, it's a little bit of a getting off the schneid win for him. Yeah, I think I've seen it on PGA Twitter, on the PGA interview. They kept saying his first win, first PGA win since the 2017 Masters. I mean, he has won three times in Europe since then. So it's not like he's winless since 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes so, when they talk about just PGA wins it for these Euro guys, it's really like a little bit deceptive as to what their actual results have been yeah. because they may have a lot of really high finishes. And if anybody's confused about the eyes closed reference for anybody who wasn't watching or, or I think it was one of the major stories of the week, but right. he was putting with his eyes closed. Is this, uh, what do you guys know about this? Is this the first time he's done? This? No, he, he did this at the Masters, didn't he? I don't think he did, did he? I think that's what he said. He went back to it because he was putting with his eyes closed when he won the Masters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd love it, though. Like, they had tons of camera angles. And so he'll, you know, he'll do his normal practice putts with his eyes open. And then he'll go to make his putt. And right before he closes his eyes. And, I mean, it looked just purely the look of his putt was so much better than it has been at his the last few tournaments I've seen him in. Yeah, I mean, I think it got a ton of attention and kind of rightfully so, but was he positive in strokes and putting this week? Uh, he was. I was actually looking that up earlier. He was, uh, for the week, he was plus 
0.71. And like, so, but that is a huge improvement from his last few months, at least, or last. Well, month. and it's it's exactly you know what I was saying at the at the preview show we uh, we were where I, I yeah. picked him was that basically all Sergio has to do is like not be horrible at putting. Like he he was so much better tee to green than everyone else that. Uh, really, he just has to like not lose a stroke around putting. So, okay, 72nd hole, amazing drive. He's got, I think, like 160 out. 18 has hardly been birdied. I think there was a half. He was 170 something, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, 170 something. 177 was what they, they threw up. I there. think he pulled an eight iron and he just stuck it to two and a half needed feet. A, needed a birdie to win. Needed a birdie to win. Hard playoff. And so he hits it and he starts like walking after it, which I think was like the most like swagger thing I've seen in a while. Um, yeah. Walking it after was like it. The, it was like the contact and like walked right through like <laughs> yeah. pure confidence. <laughs> uh, so Craig, as your pick, as his putting history, were you worried about that putt, that little two and a half footer? A little I was, it was that distance where like, it was sort of maybe like almost the Morikawa putt earlier uh, this year, but it was that distance where he he should like everything says that he should make this, and if he misses it, it's it's just gonna be like he gave it away. But fortunately, like I think it would be that much harder if that wasn't to go into a playoff. So if that was right. you know if that was he had to make that to force a playoff, I think it's even then harder like that's a, a little bit more of a tester putt yeah, yeah. um but yeah, if, if you miss it, was, it for if you miss it for the win you still have a chance in the playoffs to win but, yeah right right it's like it's like when you have a chance at a buzzer beater and it's, it's like tied. yeah it's tied it's not like <laughs> it's like win or lose it's like those buzzer beaters are a little bit easier to to just toss up there um but yeah no i mean with Sergio, you're always a little bit a little bit worried <laughs> yeah so uh, what about his shot on was it 14 there what'd you guys think of that that was the eagle he got yeah his second shot in there well i mean we're gonna just start trouncing all over my good and the bad and the ugly this week but <laughs> oh, okay I mean, okay we'll wait for that a little bit of a teaser that was pretty good <laughs> okay say that <laughs> okay okay i'll i'll wait for that we'll we'll let you break that one down so how about peter malnati then he had an an unbelievable 63 on sunday how, what did he finish? A few hours before? Yeah, I mean, I think he finished while Sergio was on like halfway through the front nine, maybe hole three or hole four. He's talking about in the interview after that he's going to go back to his like rental house and play with his kid in the pool. And I think the announcer's like, I think you should like hang like, around a little bit. You might be playing some golf here in a few hours. But at that I point, I think Adam, so- Adam sent a text out to us what a few hours before Sergio was done saying that you're calling a playoff. No, that was me. No, that was Greg. Oh, that was oh, that was Greg. Yeah, yeah. that was this, a pretty good call. At this well, point, it's like that where the numbers were at that point. I was like, I feel like 18's about where these guys are going to get to uh, on the back nine. See, you know? I I'm a little bit surprised that it took that long and Sergio to break 18. 18 held up a lot longer than I thought. I thought people on the scoreboard holes, I think 14, 15, uh, would have been at 18 or 19 already. Uh, so I was surprised yeah, well, that he had weren't playing well though. No, like Cameron Davis fell uh, off. Poston, Cam Davis fell off. Poston played really poorly over the last. Like he was seventeen with two holes to play, wasn't he? Yeah. Seventeen under on seventeen and eighteen. Um, who else? Ventura fell off. Keegan Bradley was doing uh, Keegan Bradley things just up yeah. and down. Uh, Snedeker <laughs> had a chance at one point, and then he he fell off. Um, it it just became a, a point where everyone had to birdie out almost on. 
three mm-hmm. of the hardest holes on the course. I saw, I didn't get a chance to watch all of Sunday there, but I, I did try to catch some of the highlights and uh, Malnati's up and down. Was it on 15? The, the drivable par four um, was just right up against the thicket. That was pretty and, fortunate, I think. Like he got a pretty lucky bounce to not get into that thicket. Oh, and then yeah. he got a pretty lucky bounce to like he was like right on the edge of the bunker to kill the ball so that he had yeah. a chance. Like he should not have birdied that hole so, with how he hit his Mal- second Mal- and third. So, so get it hit your ball hitting the bank and killing it. Just keep that keep that thought for later on in the search. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Malnati's on the back nine when the golf channel coverage starts, right? And every tee shot it seemed like, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he's like the airport director. Like he's just pointing yeah, yeah. way left. He's pointing <laughs> he's way like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's sinking these 40 footers. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I was a, like a little bit choked at the time. Yeah. I was like, man, like this guy's getting every break. But then <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know anything about Peter Malnati. I mean, I, I know he had a win a few years back. He but, won the Sanderson. Uh, I really don't yeah. know much about Did he him. win the Sanderson? Yeah, he had. Oh, 15, uh, but, 14. But man, like there. what a lovely human being. And with like <laughs> yeah, I agree. beautiful life, beautiful kid, like just the most optimistic <laughs> person you could possibly imagine. And apparently whether he's playing well or not, he's just like, he's just take his, takes it as it comes. Um, he was, he said, uh, you know, he was happy to get a top 10 and he is one of these guys who he's out there battling for his card. So yeah. uh, this is great for him. A, a second place is, is great for him for this season. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's nice to see somebody like that make a move and in, in such a way that it's going to make a difference in their, yeah. you know, in their career. It's not just, it's not just, you know, Justin Rose climbing the leaderboard on Sunday to backdoor into a top and three or something like it's that. It's not just like he's happy-go-lucky because he played, you know, he shot a 63 today. Apparently, he's that way even when he doesn't play well. He's like, well, you know what? Like, it didn't play well, but like, that's the breaks. Right on. Do you get anybody else you guys want to talk about on the leaderboard there? Well, I think it's worth mentioning that we had three tied for the lead at the start of the day. So we had Sergio, we had Cam Davis, and we had JT Poston. Um, and so, Serge, I mean, it was, I think, first off, it was a dramatic finish right to the end. And I think throughout the whole day, it was kind of a seesaw back and forth um, between those guys. Cam Davis fell off a little bit early. He had a... I do like it when somebody goes out early and sets the bar for the, mm-hmm. the leaders. Yeah. And they, so they're, they're jostling with each other, but they know there's already this, this, you know, benchmark that they got to at least get to. Yeah. And you rarely see like such a potentially winning one that early yeah you know he was uh, i think they said an hour and 40 or an hour and 50 minutes ahead of the leaders and so to go out there and shoot 63 really like put the pressure on there that this is the number you've got to get to yeah i also just think i mean we had the golf channel coming in the afternoon we had the nfl afternoon games come on this was kind of like an off week for the pga tour but it just like i wasn't switching back to nfl like this seemed much more dramatic i was much more into it um i don't know i just I love where the PGA Tour is at right now. Yeah. Um, but, so just real quick with the, the rest of the uh, the leaderboard, I totally agree first off. I was checking in a little bit on the Colts game just to make sure we were closing out that one. But <laughs> um, definitely the PGA was my primary yeah, TV. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick, uh, another big top 10 for Tyler McCumber, uh, which I think we'll get into a bit more later. Yeah. Uh, Chris Ventura, Stuart Sink was just outside the top 10, but, you know, for a guy that just had a big win, uh, those are good finishes. And then and then a lot of, like, more journeyman types up there uh, with Keegan Bradley, Charlie Hoffman, 
Stuart know, people, Sink's up there. Stuart Sink, yeah. Um, and Norlander, he had a he had a big sixty five today. I don't know if you saw him hole out. I want to say on fifteen, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I think it was fifteen for Eagle. But yeah, Cam Davis fell off. That would be the one that uh, that I think I didn't expect. That I thought he was going to be one of the strongest contenders going into Sunday. Yeah, but I think I mean we talked about in the showdown or around four showdown video on YouTube. He just, he's so volatile. Like the other guys have been like steady, steady, steady throughout. And I was like, well, that's more likely to hold up. Cam Davis had something like four strokes game putting on Saturday. So that's not going to. Well, his score is throughout too. Like 66, 73, 63, (laughs) 72. Like it was not like um, these guys that were 66, 66, 68, you know, like there. So Craig and I, we were texting a little bit when they were showing some Cam Davis highlights his left and right-handed golf swings are almost... Well, that, was, that was why I was bringing him up again because I wanted to mention that. It was unbelievable. Like, he has a better left-handed swing than I think, like, 50 of the I was, players... I was trying to explain this video to my wife, and she was not appreciating <laughs> it, as she should have. So, basically, it's him on a driving range. He's hitting He's hitting his right-handed shot, which he's got a, He's, like, known to have... He's one of these people that has a, a pitcher-perfect swing. And so he hits a shot. He puts his club down, turns around, picks up a left-handed club, hits a shot that if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, like, this is a pro golfer that plays lefty. Puts that <laughs> club down, switches back to his one, and you're like, oh, no, like, that's that's right. That's his better one. But then he, he did this, like, three or four times, switching back and forth. And it's just crazy how good he was with left-handed. It, it was unbelievable when I saw the – like, it didn't make sense. It looked mirrored almost well, – so what makes sense to me? So how does that happen? How does someone get so good at playing with their their opposite hand? The only thing I could think was that this guy grew up with like one of his good buddies was left-handed. Yeah, yeah. And then they would go out there on the course and they would do that classic like, okay, like you'll play right-handed this time and I'll play left-handed. We'll see who can beat each other on this yeah, hole yeah. or whatever. Uh, because there's no reason you would you would get that good otherwise. It, it's crazy when you see some people just seem to have a freakish ability to be ambidextrous like that, and I and like hand eye coordination yeah. and body awareness and all that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. So should we recap our picks here going into the week? Yeah, a little bit boring, but uh, let's get in. Yeah, yeah, a little bit boring. I mean, I would say I, the pick the pick of the bracket to me is is Christopher Ventura. Oh, thank you, thank you, Adam, Adam, Adam Sleeper. Sleeper. Yeah. yeah, thank you. T six. Adam and I both had Sung Jay as our as our one and done and our uh, winner yeah. winning pick, which he tied for twenty eighth with a barely making the cut. Yeah, but you know, dicey there for a while. As as my one and done tend to do, he finished as as strong as he could have, given his position going into Sunday. So I'll I'll take it. He crept ahead of yeah. of Scotty Scheffler, who Craig had on the one and done. So yeah, you know, Scotty Scheffler. That's one you don't want to use up that early, I don't think. But well, no, and he—I mean, he looked good on Friday. He—he he was, I want to say, sixty-six maybe on Friday. Um, but both both Sungjae and Scotty. I mean, Scotty was coming off his COVID uh, quarantine and everything, and uh, apparently he had gained ten pounds while he was quarantined. <laughs> just, just from like just from home, home cooking, cooking yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he just like he was he was not working out. And if I would have known this, I would probably not have picked him. But uh, um, yeah, both both Sungjae and Scotty, I think they're the type of guys that you expect a little bit more out of in a field like this. It it just sucks to burn a guy like that and get. I mean, I all my one and dones, I've been mid 20s my whole time i've burned through rom i've burned through sungjae now it just 
just stings a little bit knowing you can't use them for the well, rest And of I'm actually pretty happy. I almost feel like I'm happier to have Sungjae in my pocket than Scotty yeah, just because I, I, oh, I know. No, no, I disagree. I'm happy. Well, I, feel um, like I think Scotty's a way better player, but I think Sungjae <laughs> is. Whoa! You, do, you disagree? I, I don't think there's time I, to get into this. He, he's oh. not. Sungjae isn't an official one of Adam's boys, but he's like, he he's definitely an honorable mention boy. He is, absolutely. Adam's been. I've been on Sung Jae for years now. I think he's Scotty's going to do better in stronger fields. I think Sung Jae is the kind of guy. Oh, you mean like majors have, with like, like high majors. purses? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was part of the strategy there. Well, yeah, but you know, there's only five majors to come. There's I, I'm going to find five other guys, but it's more Sung Jae's going to be in other tournaments where I feel like he's going to be head and shoulders. So like that's the one reason where in the one and done, I'm happy to have him in my pocket still. I feel like, I feel like Sung Jae maybe needs a break. <laughs> he, doesn't like he, doesn't, he doesn't take breaks man <laughs> yeah he plays every um, any other notable point. i guess cory connor's uh tied for 17th me and adam picked him uh, my card is pretty clean i had benny ann as my fade and he missed a cut the only higher fade would be zalatoris but i had faded him enough i feel like that had been ingrained in people and then cory connor's uh who's that both craig and i got top canadian so it was this sunday a little bit disappointing yeah, and I I did not pick this guy as my sleeper here, I see. But in our sleeper video for DFS, Wesley Bryan was mine. Yeah. He was down in like the 6,300 range, uh, and he finished tied for 12th. And uh, I don't know if you know much about him, but that's just – that's nice to see. Like for him getting – that's his best result he's had. He he had, uh, you know, been on the tour a couple of years ago and is just trying to make his return here. So nice to and it's see been him a, it's get been a, a while. Like it's been a long road, I feel, for him yeah. to come back. Yeah, so nice to see that. So yeah, quick update of the one and done. Um, Kevin, myself, remains in the lead at 900,000 and change. Craig, a distant second at 247,000. And Adam pulls up the rear at 2,004. Just takes one. 200,000. 200,000. I didn't even know that was possible. But... <laughs> Um, so, Craig, why don't you give us your good, bad, and ugly for this week? Okay, so yeah, I I, uh, I did, you know, derail our wanting to talk about Sergio there, but that's just because my whole good, the bad, and the ugly this week is about hole 14. So, hole 14 was par 5. Uh, it was gettable in 2, but not an easy gettable in 2, uh, distance-wise. Um, and it was a huge sort of turning point, I felt like, in the back 9, where if you wanted to be in contention on Sunday or if you were in contention on Sunday, you needed to do something there yeah. uh, if you wanted to win. And so Sergio, and that was right when like he was two back at this point, he was minus 16 uh, and he needed at least a birdie there. Right. And great drive right in the middle. And then he, uh, I think it was a three wood, um, but basically he was saying, get up, get up. And there's a bunker right on the front edge of the green. And it just cleared that thing by maybe a foot, two feet. And killed it killed it. it. Like hit it on the upslope, so it <laughs> killed it and just like trickled up right near, near maybe a three or four footer. Yeah, uh, for, his eagle. for a second, I thought it might go in. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Yeah. It, it just like nestled right, I mean, five feet uphill putt for eagle. It was beautiful. Yeah. So again, I didn't get a chance to watch tons of the uh, tons of the golf this weekend, but um, from what I understand, that whole location was pretty inaccessible. From like from, 
trying distance. to yeah yeah essentially you you would be most people who are going to get on into are going to be kind of right in the middle and then be putting over towards that whole location but right. but then there was also so it was on the right side the bunkers protecting green side right and then it fell off to the right so yeah so yeah. and it was it was a shaved bank that fell off so uh you really like there was a, a lot of ways you could be sort of near it but then or like hit a good shot that you think might end up near it and then it ends up you're short-sided down a, a tight tightly mowed slope so interesting uh, for sergio i mean getting there in two but for the tournament he led the field in driving distance hey oh really? yeah yeah well, oh. Sergio, going into this, uh, he was number one strokes gained off the tee in the field. But that's not just distance. I mean, but he's gained some distance. He's yeah. So, and he has gained distance. Apparently, this is like something he's he's been working yeah. on, uh, and he's gained like I think they said ten or fifteen yards right. yeah, on yeah, average. Yeah. Uh, wow. Which I mean, Sergio's always been a great Ball driver. Striker, yeah. Um, but I, I think it just shows how much. These guys, you know, it's the same thing with Phil where they're, they're having to swing harder because to keep up a little bit, you have to be putting it out there further. Well, they know where that's where the game is, right? So they got to find distance yeah. where they can. Yeah. Um, anyway, so sorry, getting into the bad. So uh, sticking with hole 14. I'd just, just, like just like to put my two cents in there on that shot. Good, good great result. Little lucky, I'd have to say. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, how we got there? He didn't even know how close it was. He knew he, he knew it was kind of up there, up yeah. there well, but uh, until well, you couldn't see it from the fairway. So coming from somebody who can't hit a draw, all I have ever hit is a cut in my whole life. I know that when they go off to the right like that and they're kind of short, that's a little bit of a wispy. It's not the purest contact. <laughs> Oh a little off the toe, maybe. Well, so I, like I think oh, it was the shot shape he was going for. I think it's just likely it was like. Yeah, like cut a bit more and like the, yeah. a little bit more of that weak, weaker fade. But like the way he was shaping it was perfect. It's just, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, you got to get your bounces. To <laughs> yeah, you, you do. And, and you know what? Great result. And it was a turning point in the tournament. So yeah. I know you oh. love to hate Sergio. So yeah, you know I love to hate Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. And then the, uh, the bad, so Malnati was on that same hole, uh, and this was early, uh, because he was so far ahead of everyone else. But at this point he was already, uh, well, you know, had, had, I forget where he was, but 16 or something. I want to say maybe. he was, he, I want to say he was at 16 going, uh, going into that hole, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So he was at 16. Yeah. Um, and so he, he, his second shot, he just, and this is the bad, he just flared it out 40 yards yeah. to the right. And this is one of the times where he was, he was the air traffic <laughs> yeah, exactly. guiding the planes <laughs> on the runway there, um, out, out for right. And so, and this was to the short sided side. So the bad, I mean, he flared it out. He missed on the wrong side. Even if you miss left there, then you're playing to the side where you can get something closer for birdie. Yeah. Uh, but he just he took his medicine. He played to the middle of the green and then uh, two putt for his par. Um, but on a hole that I mean, for a guy that shot a sixty three on that birdie hole, uh, yeah, no kidding. You know that, that's the difference. He would have been in a playoff for if sure. he would have made a birdie there. Um, but then finally the ugly, and this is this is uh, it hurts me a bit this because one this is a guy that uh, I I was pulling for uh, Christopher Ventura. Uh, who, if you don't know him, he's he's a young guy. I want to say maybe 24, 25 years old. Uh, but he was part of the the Oklahoma State uh, teams. Um, but uh, with... Um, Wolf and Wolf, Hovland. Yeah. 
I, I was forgetting Wolf's first name. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so he was in contention and he w- he came in there. He he ended up short-sided down that, that tightly cut hill uh, on his second shot, hit a really good chip up there. And then he was three and a half feet for his birdie. Uh, yeah. Ended up three putting to make a bogey six on a hole that Ooh. that he, I mean, he could, he should have been birdie in there. And um, I feel like a yeah. par, you're giving one back to the field, and yeah, to, so to uh, to bogey, especially when you're three and a half feet for birdie. So yeah, it's ugly. Uh, been, and the, uh, the announcers on that one, when he missed the birdie putt, he's like, "These greens are so pure. If he missed that, that because it didn't even touch the hole." They're like, he just completely misread that. And then when he's going yeah. back up for his par putt, just an aggressive power lip out. And it's just, that's when it was like, just like, it the, was like it, they, the way they were, you know, talking about it. They're like, oh, he's going to be so upset. He get, he missed that birdie putt. And then the lip out is just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, like you don't even want to like talk about it. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, so that's the ugly. Yeah. Oof. Too bad. Too bad for him. That's, we've all been there. <laughs> uh, all right, Adam, who are your three stars for this week? All right, third star is Tyler McCumber. So this is kind of a combo Corrales Punta Cana, Sanderson Farms. We didn't have a true Corrales Punta Cana podcast last week, uh, but he was second there last week in the Dominican Republic. He was sixth this week. I mean, he's just like a journeyman that we always talk about, right? He's been on PGA Tour Latino America, McKenzie Tour. He's got three wins on each. And I mean, this is since 2013. His career earnings since 2013 were about 920,000. His career earnings, the last two starts on the PGA tournament or PGA, 637. Nice. So he's just like that classic breakthrough. Um, he's a streaky guy. Like we were talking about in one of our shows on our DFS shows that he's won three tournaments in one month in Canada here. And the third or the fourth tournament, he came third. So he just goes on these runs where he just, it's just birdies and birdies and birdies and he's unstoppable. So he looked like he almost had a hole in one there too. Yeah, he did. I forget so if it what, was 10 or 13, but yeah. What is his status right now? I think tour. he has PJ tour status. I mean, he's doing well with his FedEx cup points right now. Um, but I don't know if he has kind of all the tournaments. Or, priority yeah. he is or whatever. Right. But he does have status. Okay. But if he keeps, Hitting top like these top tens, he just goes into the next week, and if you can keep getting this, he's gonna right. Well, that's what I was gonna say because I know he finished. Uh, what was a T six? Yeah, he was tied. So for six. yeah, he, he'll be. So what does a T ten automatically get you into the next tournament? So it does for like people who I think don't have, uh, you know, priority. Yeah, but I don't know. So like, say you you were just a lower priority guy, but you had your PGA tour card and everything. I don't know in that case. Um, because I saw the changes for the tournament upcoming. And I think uh, McCumber bumped somebody or, or somebody else in the top 10, maybe it was Malnati bumped somebody uh, to become first alternate to get them in. So, Oh, so it, might, it does change your status. And that's how Zalatoris got into this field is he got top 10. Right. Uh, last yeah. Week. And the other one, just real quick on that note, uh, don't want to derail your three stars too much here, but yeah. MJ Duffy, who was a Monday qualifier yeah. here and you know, has played quite well as a Monday qualifier. He uh, he just missed his top 10 that would have got him. Ooh. He is a sponsor's exemption next week, but if he would have top 10, he wouldn't have had to use a, a sponsor's uh. exemption. So. Uh, just missed by a single stroke. There. And he was still a good result for leader him, after two days or something this week. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think he started 65, 69, 65, 69. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome to see. 
All right, so who's second star? Second star, I'm going with Aaron Rye. So he won the Scottish Open this week in a playoff versus Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, it was a very Scottish Scottish Open, if people saw any of the coverage. Wind was blowing, rain. I mean, there's all these uh, guys, yeah. their caddy cards get, like getting soaked all the way through so they couldn't read them. Hair dryers in the shoes after the Saturday round. Like It was just the kind of UK golf you like to see. Yeah. Uh, so this is the biggest win of his career. Um, it just kind of opens tons of doors for him. But the one thing uh, I think I saw with him, he actually won while on the wrong weather split. So there is about a four-stroke difference between the oh. AM-PM and the PM-AM. And so he had the bad wind on both of the Thursday-Friday rounds and then still kind of battled back through wow. the weekend. God That's one of those things out. you don't see on a leaderboard that makes it even more impressive. Totally. Or like it kind of just gets, gets lost if you're not there in the moment. Like two years from now, people yeah. won't know that at all. Or two yeah. weeks from now even. So uh, super That's you have finish. to listen to this podcast for the in-depth analysis. <laughs> yeah. Around the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my first star, Sergio Garcia. I think we've kind of talked about him, but he averaged over three strokes, tee to green through his tournament uh, each day. Super impressive. A couple other stats. His approach on 18, uh, we talked about today, he hit it to two and a half feet. The field average today was 40 feet. Just to give some perspective how good that shot was. Um, yeah, he's my first star. The other note I have here is he a trap for Augusta. He what? Is he, he a had... trap play? Did we all get is fooled? Is he a trap? Yeah. No, I'm not fooled. Because I think in our last podcast before my boys, Craig and I were talking about the Sergio versus uh, Spieth, and I was going to give him Sergio versus oh, yeah. Spieth straight you did up. Take that. No, we... <laughs> you, we didn't. We didn't agree on stakes, but you definitely took that. We can. We can roll it back. <laughs> roll the tapes. Well, go to the tape. Go to the tape. We'll have to establish some kind of uh, rules for that one. But yeah, Sergio's my first star. I love seeing it. He's probably lost me more money than anyone else on the PGA Tour the past year, but I still love to see it because it just. I don't know. It was awesome. Right on. All right. Well, as I mentioned, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of golf this week, but I did, uh, as always, get to read a lot about what was happening. So, um, and and watch some highlights. So first, I wanted to also touch on Aaron Ray or Aaron Rye. Sorry, uh, she was a sixty-four to kind of come come out of nowhere a little bit to get into the playoff with Fleetwood. Yeah. Um, and then I was watching the highlights of the playoff too, and and he got himself into a bad spot off the tee there and had in a, in a fairway pop bunker and hit a hell of a shot yeah. just to get it to about maybe 30, 40 yards short of the green mm-hmm. played a played a classy little pitch up there as they'd say in the UK and, and knocked it in there ice in his veins and yeah. uh, knocked it in before. I, th- I think it was for a birdie. I'm not a hundred percent sure um, if it was par four or par five, but um knocked in there ahead of Fleetwood and then Fleetwood missed a little slider coming down, but very, very impressive stuff. Like the way he played that hole, I think his, his tee shot wasn't bad. It's just one of those perfectly placed Scottish bunkers where it didn't quite cut enough and yeah, it, it yeah. rolled right in there and just roll and, right. Into it. And he had a huge face in front of him and it's, yeah, it it scared me to watch the highlight. Knowing he probably wasn't going to hit the face, but it it was it was daunting. Anyway, I was very impressed. Um, very happy for him. And other thing I wanted to note there is my boy Robert McIntyre had a t fourteen. Uh, finished with three rounds in the sixties after 
an ugly 74 to open. Must have been on the bad side of the weather. He, I'm not sure. He but was not I'm actually. Assuming. But oh. <laughs> my boy, Thomas Peters, was and went bogey bogey to miss the cut. So, oh. hey, at least, at least Bobby Mack got through to the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he finished, you know, tie 14th. That's, that's, that's huge. Uh, yeah. Finish. Um, also, wanted to mention uh, Mel Reed won the Shoprite LPGA Classic. She is a six-time winner on the Ladies European Tour, um, but has never won on the LPGA Tour. So this is her first win. She's oh, wow. she's thirty-three years old, which is you know for a first-time winner on the LPGA yeah. Tour is actually you know pretty old. Um, she's she's been a three-time uh, Solheim Cup uh, player. <laughs> uh, member, team, team member, whatever, team whatever member. you would call them. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see her get her, uh, you know, get off the schneid there yeah. and, and get a win on the LPGA. Um, and then the last note I wanted to talk about this week was the condition of Augusta, because I'm sure anybody yeah. who follows golf on Twitter has been seeing the pictures of Augusta browned out. Yeah, what, what what's Augusta going to look like in November? <laughs> I, we've all worked on grounds crews before, so we kind of have an idea about, I mean, we're not, we're not experts or anything like that, but, <laughs> but it's so different that like the seasonality of it down there is so different it's to what different, we expect here. Brown grass is nothing to worry about. They're going to water it. Before <laughs> well, no, but, and, and apparently it's, it's their off season is essentially in the heat of the summer. Oh yeah. That's what I've heard. It's too, it's too sloppy. It's too, it's uh, too humid. humid too right? It's, it's just mucky. So I think they, that's what they do. They shave it down to like nothing and then they overseed it. Yeah. Um, and then they overseed with rye apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why yeah. it looks so nice. Yeah. So, and then, so there's a, a picture that came out today, the difference between last week and this week, and it was totally browned out. And now you see the sprinklers going and it's just beautiful green. I, say, I, who, I, I saw the browned out photo. I haven't seen the this week photo. Well, anybody who thought that the Augusta members were yeah. not going to have their course in like prime shape come well, the that's, Masters. That's what I was just about to say. Like anyone who doesn't think like they thought through when they rescheduled this what where they need to be in scheduling to have it so that the course is going to be in sh- condition you know yeah. um it'd be yeah. absurd to think any amount of money it doesn't yeah. matter it will they will take care of it and have it looking pristine come tournaments i'm really excited for the fall like this is probably going to be the only time in our lifetimes that we see Fall and Augusta Fall Masters. Hopefully, and the trees are changing, and yeah, yeah like it should. It's just going to be cool. It's going to be, I, I know, think, I'm the excited. weirdest tournament without fans, though, because I mean, we see some of these yeah. courses every year. Agreed. The the other majors kind of travel around, but this one was. We just know so well, and to not have those fans there is going to seem to not have the roars. It's going to be. But I'm also like it, it, the roars will be the big thing that takes away from it. I'm also a little bit excited to see the course though yeah, without yeah, fans. Yeah. You know, because you're so used to seeing like are they going to put down eleven and then twelve and thirteen? A big green grandstand ball, thing. <laughs> a little bank shot. <laughs> Don't want people to see what's back there. <laughs> um, but no, like I'm, I'm thinking of between say thirteen and fourteen, or or up on that right side between eleven, you know, between yeah. eleven and above twelve, kind of thing. Um, One that's going to be just usually covered in in not fans in patrons. Um, <laughs> uh, it'll just be interesting to see what the golf course looks like when it's not covered in people. 
I, I the one that I think is going to be the most unusual to see is uh, is fifteen sixteen. So like fifteen green. There's always the the big grandstand by the bridge there where they walk over. Yeah, and then and they the go, left, that's right. There's the big grandstand. Sixteen T's got the big grandstand in behind it too, and it's right going to be in front of that lake or right yeah. behind that lake. It's going to be wild to see what it looks like uh, yeah. without the other big question is if they're if or what they're planning to do with 13 and 13 T box specifically because Bryson's made a point of saying that he plans to play 13 yeah, right. into 14 fairway so he's blasting it over everything into 14 fairway and then playing back with a better angle into 13 green and I do not believe Augusta membership will take kindly to that idea whether it's well, going to be They've talked about moving the tee back, and like I think they've acquired they the land, land too. And, and there so. has been development. I don't anticipate, based on the most recent aerial photographs, mm-hmm. I don't anticipate that being ready for this tournament. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Not. It looks like um, they, they haven't taken the trees out, and they, they, there's a lot of work that would have to be done for that tee box, and I don't think that'll be ready. And maybe they almost use this as a trial, see what Bryson does to it. But and, I think we've also heard on other there. podcasts or written articles, like, they have the liberty to say if you hit it past these trees, it's considered out, out of bounds. Oh yeah, and that's another option they they made another route. I would they rather go. they don't go down that. Road. Like I could <sighs> see if I kind of I, I, I don't, I, I don't know should. the layout of thirteen fourteen there well enough, but essentially, like once you're past those trees, the fairways are just next to each other, right? Like the where where after thirteen has turned left the start of 14 fairway is parallel to it. I, I believe so. So like to me, I don't know. Like I don't see a huge problem with that. Well, it, it, the thing is Craig though, is it, it's never been possible to hit it that far until now. And so that the whole way that hole was designed is yeah, that yeah. It, it forced you to hit into this section with, that had a down, like a side sloping lie. And you had to be, you didn't want to be up in the trees on the right. Cause that made a very difficult shot out. So just to get, be able to go past all that you're, you're taking, you don't have a, you don't have an uneven lie. Um, and you're not having to fit it into this. The potential shoot. harm isn't huge. Exactly. You're, you're just blasting it past any and trouble the thing is i think and i don't know how much more time we need to spend on this right now but i think 13 sets up well for bryson regardless uh just with the shape of it and with how he likes to draw the ball um i think he can he can play that as well as bubba who i don't think you know, they've, a, they've talked about how at all you don't think it What's sets that? up well for i don't him? think bryson i don't think augusta sets up well for bryson at all well he doesn't get a greens book there so exactly yeah. I, All I right, think, let's move on. I don't yeah. want Craig's retort to that. Um, <laughs> let's go to stock up, stock down. Craig, who do you have moving up and who do you have moving down this week? Okay, so first off, moving up, um, Corey Connors, good Canadian boy. Both Adam and I picked him as our top Canadian. Yeah. Uh, he was tied for 17th, but really it's just, I mean, so I like Corey Connors a lot. I think Connors is a great player. They always talk about how good he is as a ball striker. Um, but with that, one of these guys with the, the curse of the, the curse of the something. putter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's his best finish since January, 2020. So like it's, it's less of a, you know, my, st- I, I think that everyone should be 
hyping up Corey Connors. It's more just like, man, like he just hasn't been playing that great for a while. So it's just nice to see him yeah, a little bit of a course correction. And hopefully this is, this is a bit of a turning point into better golf for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just nice Canadian boy, top, top 17 finish. Uh, and then moving down my boy, Will Zalatoris. Um, it was, it was not that bad of a week for him. Uh, he ended up even it, he you know he was battling um he was a couple over i think he got to one or two under maybe at points uh it, he just didn't really have it all uh it for me the stock down is really just about you know he's coming off a top uh top 10 finish at us open and at at uh corrales punta cana it's all just over, like all over the you know continent in the last three yeah. weeks well, <laughs> he, he's oh, had a grind of a schedule yeah. but it's more just like a, like let's let's just pump the brakes a tad this guy's not a we're not putting him in the top 10 of of golfers it, yet uh, is he still your boy or what are you like oh, that absolutely down? my boy it's oh, just okay. like a he's not gonna like he hadn't missed a cut in since over a year but those were corn ferry tour events like right. on the pga tour with these guys he's not going to be a go out there on the weeks he doesn't have it and and be able to like get through he still, he still almost did get through into the weekend and then he's the kind of guy that can go crazy uh in any round but it's more just like let's not it's not a complete picture yet let's let's make sure we don't think we're not picking them as favorites in in majors when, i think when it's the a real... i think it's a very good kind of step back for him he's been playing way too much golf he came out at the cross oh, he's playing next week <laughs> well okay but he's like a, <laughs> he's off. a couple extra days off but he was he was the highest priced guy in dfs at the cross punta canis and i was telling craig like i felt like denny green in his famous press conference was like if you want to crown him crown his ass <laughs> that's what I thought. Like, it was like, guys, he's still just coming onto the PJ Tour. Let's all just take a breath. Let's take a step back. He's super talented. I agree, but he's just. That's why you're texting me on Friday, Adam, being like, he is who we thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's more just like a a this guy's not going to win every tournament he plays, and he's not going to top ten every tournament he plays in. Um, but I'm still thinking he's going to earn his, his special temporary membership within the next few weeks is still, uh, still my hope. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Adam, who do you have moving up and moving down? Yeah, this week? Moving up Christopher Ventura. He was my sleeper. He was also Craig's ugly. And I mean, that ugly just kind of killed me uh, today as well. That three putt, but as Craig mentioned, he was on that 2018 OSU powerhouse team with Wolf and Hovland. So I think he kind of got overlooked there and potentially still a little overlooked. I mean, yeah, I realized I realized as soon as I started saying that that I I remembered you were going to bring him up, and so I, I just tried to not remember Matthew Wolf's name. I, it wasn't a, it was totally on, on purpose. There you then. go. His first uh, PGA Tour top ten came two weeks ago in the Safeway Open. He was sixth here uh, this weekend. I like. I just like. I think this is kind of his. It could be his breakthrough year. I don't know if he's going to start contending yeah. in the big tournaments when we got the. Uh, DJs and ROMs and those guys playing, but I think if he can kind of capitalize on these lesser tournaments, that's that's the leap you need in your first year, right? Well, and he's got game. He may not be able, like, and I think it, you saw it a bit today that consistency is potentially an issue, and like you know, putting together for the full seventy-two hole. But he's got the game to go out there yeah. and compete. And I want to see. That's, that's, I want to see a lot more of him because, like, he seems interesting. Like all his coaches and everyone that kind of comes across him is like he is endless talent it's just kind of 
almost like a confidence issue. So interested to see how that kind of builds potentially with better finishes. Yeah. It also makes sense to me now. Um, like did uh, Christopher Ventura and Hovland know each other before? They must've known each other before. Cause they're the only two Norwegians Ventura I can think of on, on, sorry. <laughs> He's born in Mexico. I think to a Mexican father and Norwegian mother. Um, oh, so he just plays under the Norwegian. I th- I think so. I, nationality, I, like cause that's what they have him on on the PGA Tour. I know, but then I uh, someone will have to look it up while I. Yeah, his birthplace is Mexico, Puebla, Mexico. <laughs> Craig, right now sounds like sounds like somebody like yeah, I I know a guy named Craig in Alberta. Do you do you know him? Craig? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they're just like the only two guys you see with the Norwegian flag on on PGATour dot com. Oh yeah, you golf with Hovland. <laughs> <laughs> How many golf courses do they have in Norway? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Uh, right next to Norway, my stock down, Henrik Stenson, he missed the cut this week. I don't really know what's going on with him. I mean, he's in his, I think, mid-40s now. I just don't know, like, does he have many wins left? What's going on with his schedule? It doesn't seem like he's setting himself up right for the proper tournaments, but he's also probably going to play some on the European Tour, but he's playing these lesser-known tournaments on the PJ Tour is that just to get FedEx Cup standings, but he's not capitalized. I think it must be like, yeah, it might also be sponsor stuff. It just like I was, I listened to his podcast before the U.S. Open because I kind of liked him as a sneaky sleeper, as not playing much before. Um, and he made the cut, I think, at the Corral Spoon to Canada, but he didn't do anything with it. I just don't know what is going on with him. Like, I don't. And you know, it was it was really just um, Friday. Like he was seventy, he was minus two going into the second round yeah. he should have made the cut it's just I, I i don't think he has had any form since the break i think that's potentially part of it well i think he was um, still positive t to green i i just don't know it, he probably always he probably always will be he, i mean he probably yeah. yeah i think he's such a good ball striker that he always will be but I, I i don't think he's done i mean he's 44 um i i think he's going i think he's going to come back into some form i don't think he's I don't think he's going to be a top 10 player in the world. I've just backed him, I guess, in three consecutive tournaments now, and he's let me down. So he's just, he's my stock down. I want to see what it, maybe go back to the European tour and get a couple top 10s or something and fool me once, right? (laughs) Fool me once. Or he'll just pull a Sergio. That was my motto going into this week that I'm going to get fooled again with Sergio and it worked out. There you go. Yeah. So I think that some of these guys, though, like Henrik Stenson, you know, he's he's a family man i think a year like this is is unusual because of the break and everything like it's not he's probably has a schedule that he's sort of worked he's refined over the years and then this year it kind of gets all thrown off and um you know i think that there's an aspect of of scheduling to peak at the right times like you were just talking about and i think that for some of these guys who have figured that out over the years now it's all kind of gone for shit you know they don't know when they need to be playing to tune up for what and so um you know cut henrik a little slack i like him that's he's an entertaining guy i don't don't like to talk about guys i don't like so i like him i just i'm just yeah and i think we all would love to see him get back to form it's just that like he's clearly he's clearly not what we think of when we think of henrik stenson fair enough fair enough so for me this week um my stock up is tyler mccumber I love to see guys who kind of come out of nowhere to have a, have a strong result like he did last week, but then back it up 
the next week. It's not like he's just, you know, oh, I got I got a second place finish. I'm going to ride that for a while. No, he he backed it up with another strong performance this week. Um so I I think that's very impressive and and worthy of, you know, somebody that mm-hmm. I should keep my eye on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's my stock up. I do not have a stock down for this week. I didn't watch enough golf. I don't want to just randomly choose someone like Stenson to rip on. It's not- <laughs> <laughs> too positive of a guy, Kev. <laughs> Let me just look at someone here. This guy's <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I had Sergio penciled in, but obviously I can't go with that. So <laughs> you're still your stock is still down on it. <laughs> I'm sure I, I guess it might have gone up a little bit, but you know, whatever. So no no official stock down for me this week. So um Anyways, anything else you guys want to mention about this week before we? Yeah, kinda... I, got, I got a couple other quick shoutouts here. A um, yeah. couple other Canadians made the cut. Roger Sloan, we had with a, a tie for thirty-two at minus eight, and Michael Gligich, uh, who Adam Adam knows he's my boy. I've been he's boy. hyping him a few times. I, yeah, uh, he was he was tied for thirty-seventh at at minus six. Um, and then just just the other last thing. So uh, one of my boys was playing uh, this week, Doc Redman. Um, and you know, he ended up tied for the 28th at minus nine. And the only thing I kind of want to say is it, it is a, to me, a bit of a positive result almost because he, like, he didn't play well. So he, he didn't gain, you know, he, he gained about a half a stroke off the tee and an approach, uh, which is, is pretty much his, like, is, is not a great week, but is, is sort of a, a pretty average, ball striking week for him and he didn't gain anything around the green and putting so the one thing to me is that like for doc you know like one of the things i'm looking for is for him to get a win it's just nice to see that on a week he doesn't play well that he's still able to get like a top 28 whereas when you think of a a 22 year old guy you're, you don't want to see the weeks that they don't play well, that they're five strokes from making the cut. So it's just a little bit of a, um, it, it's not what what you ultimately, you want to see him doing this every week, but it, it's a, uh, you know. It's a fine result for an off week. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I should say uh, my boy, uh, Sahith Figala, who was kind of my third kind of outsider coming into the season, got a sponsor's exemption into the tournament, but didn't capitalize. He finished one under, didn't make the cut, but there were some positives it, I, I don't think he's come out east or played much on uh, that type of grass. So still bright things, I think, for the year ahead for the gala. Yeah, and that one hurt a bit because it looked like he was going to be able to make the cut. Like he he was playing pretty well, yeah. and then and then he just kind of he didn't find enough strokes on the holes that he had to make birdies on yeah. on his Friday, and ended up you know shooting even par on the second day, and and just you know, right there, but just didn't quite do enough to get on onto the weekend. So next week we have the Shriners hospitals for children open. Yeah. Um, it's the start of the Vegas swing. Uh, I have noted down here is Francesco Molinari's first tournament back since COVID. Yeah. I tried um, digging into that. Um, I don't know if you guys have as well. He, he kind of backed out of the PGA, backed out of the U.S. Open. People kind of are prying and asking, and he's just kind of said, like, it's for his family. He moved his family out to California. Um, so I don't know. I it's It'll be interesting to see him back in competition again. Yeah. I, I got nothing but respect for people. Like, 
I don't know. I, I, I hope he's not getting criticism for it because I think that it, it's hard to it's hard to think in the day and age we're living in right now that you, you're criticizing anyone for how they're choosing to approach things. I absolutely so, agree. Um, yeah. I think it's yeah. going to be interesting to see him back out there playing and, and see what form his game is. That's a long time off, though. I think we should all kind of let's, – let's give him a break as well as he comes back. And Oh, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't expect to see him back in peak form or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But but, yeah. but a stronger field next week. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Mm-hmm. It's gonna Sergio be a good one. Uh, Sergio is in it. Uh, okay. So I'm no, just, just researching my fade picks is all. But Bryson, we got Bryson this week. Um, I don't, I'm sure Adam was gonna bring it up, but uh, we've got his boy Patrick, Cantley. one of his boys. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I guess my boy too. Uh, Hideki's playing. Canley has a bit of a questionable record here, though, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think it's something like one, two, and two. Yeah, so it's okay. not a course. The last, last three years, his worst finish has been second. <laughs> yeah. So he might be an easy back for me. Um, we've got Morikawa. We've got we've got just, you know, a lot of guys are, are feeling they've had enough time since the U.S. Open. Uh, and they this is one that they've penciled into place. So. Miley Kaufman is playing in the PGA Tour event for the first time in a while. I'm... I, he might have got a sponsor's exemption. I think he got a win here at some point, but I was really, it kind of was curious when I saw his name on the field. He's he's really fallen off the map. Yeah, his game, unfortunately, is just, yeah. Shanked. It's not good, but. So just a few other names here uh, real quick. Matthew Wolf. Um, I, I think I mentioned Morikawa, Webb Simpson. Uh, and early look uh, that Adam and I had at the course, it looks like it's it's a course that sets up well for us appro- people who hit good approach shots. Um, and so, I mean, a lot of those names, we're talking about Webb, we're talking about Morikawa, we're talking about some of the best, best approach players in on the PGA Tour. So it's going to be a good, good, a exciting good tournament. Yeah. All right, guys, you got anything else before we wrap here? Uh, well, the only thing I have, so uh, I my research for today was a little bit off because uh, me and my wife were just we just invented a putting game in our basement here. So we we basically just play horse where you get to take turns making a a hole and you go and put the ball in one room and you have to like leg putt around all the corners and then whoever gets there in the fewest strokes. So what kind of uh, are yeah. you playing on? Carpet. Like, have so, you switched to the arm lock yet? I have not. <laughs> um, but it's actually, so like we have a little bit of linoleum down in parts of the basement and it's really tough because like if you put onto that, it just like, it just falls away. It's a real hazard. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Like it. it is. Yeah, yeah. I would do that except my kids are just running grab the balls and <laughs> just wait a couple of years and you can play with them. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, I think that pretty much wraps us then. Uh, guys, why don't you tell everybody where they can uh, find you this week? Yeah, so uh, in in further breaking down the tournament next week, we'll have a couple of videos, uh, a couple of YouTube videos up early in the week, uh, breaking down the, the DFS, um, you know, our picks and our sleepers and our fades for the DFS. And I think we did pretty well. I mean, we nailed Sergio. We had Ventura this week. We had McCumber last week. We're on a I, I honestly I did better in my the picks I had for the video than I had in my own DFS <laughs> picks. <laughs> um, and then the other one, great. <laughs> it's time to start putting your money where your mouth is, there, buddy. Oh, no, I had them. I just I didn't have the like I didn't have oh, enough lineups to have the right combinations. Yeah. Um, 
And then also we're going to do a live uh, full breakdown of, of the entire field on Twitch on Wednesday night. Yeah. So check us out there. And that that's all going to be uh, posted uh, from the Twitter account. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, you know where to find us, grandstandgolf.com, uh, at grandstandgolf on Twitter. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we look forward to talking golf with you in the future. Yeah, you might get a shout out just like Square Bracket Squiggly did. <laughs> Square Squiggly, period. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Take care. Thanks a lot. <laughs>